You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Night to Shine is coming up February 7th. I am excited. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Tim Tebow had this list of things I want to say, and I was like, Timmy, you got to make a video. And so uh, he knew that I, wanted, I knew I wouldn't be able to remember everything, so I, I call him Timmy. And so Timmy and I talked, and so he made that video for you guys to let you know uh, it's coming up, and it is awesome. I talked to Debbie DeVault, who's heads it up for us, and she was saying that we need more buddies. Uh, a buddy is a volunteer that uh, is willing just to hang out with the guests, to be their partner for that night, to be able to go to the karaoke when we want to go karaoke, go on the horse-drawn carriage when it's time for that, and to come in here and dance, to have fun, to laugh, to eat, enjoy. If you are willing to, to volunteer as a buddy, or if there's some other volunteer job you'd like, uh, go to our website and, and sign up. It's going to be an amazing night. Uh, we've been looking forward to 2020 for a while now, right? As a staff, there's a lot of cool stuff. We got the Disciple Concert coming up in January. We got Night to Shine in February. In March, you might have already heard about it on the radio. There's this awesome program uh, for boys coming. Uh, it's being advertised on WCQR, and it's coming here in March. And so we got an amazing 2020. But, but on top of that, I was thinking, this is an awesome year. I'm excited for this year. There's something that, uh, just to tell you about how cool this year is, 2020, let me tell you, all right? This is going to take some interactive experience on your part, and it's going to take a little math. So I apologize if you're like, hey, it's weekend, I'm off. Then just sit there, stare completely blankly, and then at the end be like, yeah, that was my number, all right? Um, And then you don't have to do the math. Otherwise, give this a shot, because this is how amazing 2020 this year is, all right? I want you to take the age that you're going to turn this year, all right? So whatever age you're going to turn this year, unless you've already had your birthday in the first week, um, then that would be the age. But whatever you're going to turn in 2020, so if later on this year you're going to turn, I don't know, 40, um, take that number, all right? Now you have that in your head. Now add that to the year you were born, all right? So let's say you were born in 1980. Add those two numbers together, all right? You with me? Now, get this, it's going to blow your mind. For everyone in this room, that number is 2020. That's right. This is the only year that that happens, that it's going to be 2020, all right? And and now, if you didn't get that number, then you might have done your math wrong, or you've been 29 for like the past 11 years, and that doesn't count, all right? So you have to use your real age. But uh, so that's 2020. It's pretty exciting, huh? So actually, in this year was a year that people were looking forward to. Uh, As I was looking up, uh, there's a year that people had like benchmarks for predictions. And some of those predictions came true. There was predictions that we would have computers uh, the size that we could put in our pocket, right? Like, uh, like your phone. There is predictions that we'd be able to see each other on video uh, and be able to talk to one another. But then there were some other predictions that I came across that I wanted to share with you guys that people really believed would happen by this year. Um, in 1911, the Royal College of Surgeons of England, so these are really smart guys, right? Um, smart ladies came up and they decided, they came to this conclusion that, quote, the useless outer toes would become used less and less. Uh, so, you know, just you got that big toe and then the other ones, those are just spares, right? And so that, that man might become a one-toed race was what they anticipated, so if you currently have 10 toes, um, that's not what they predicted, all right? If you only have two, 
then way to go. We probably have other problems, but at least you were right on with this prediction, all right? Um, In 1994, that's not so long ago, the RAND panel, which was a group that looked ahead into the future, predicted that we would be able to breed intelligent species of animals, such as apes, that would be able to capable of performing manual labor. For example, cooking and cleaning, as well as being family chauffeurs that might decrease the number of automobile accidents, all right? So they planned that we would each have our own ape that would drive your family around. Wouldn't that be awesome? Um, Obviously, that didn't happen. And in 1950, Popular Mechanics magazine um, said that in, the, in 2020, you would be able to simply, to clean your house, you would simply hose everything down. That everything would be made of plastic, that there would be one central hose, and you would wash everything in your house. There'd be a drain in the middle of your house. It would drain to that, and then there would be a burst of air that would dry everything instantly. And so if you spent all of yesterday doing house chores, dusting, vacuuming, and so forth, we missed the ball, right? We could have just washed it down and taken a shower all at the same time. Think how fast your day would have begun. Um, so these are some misses for 2020. Some things that people thought 2020 was going to be an amazing mark, an amazing year. But as we were looking, I was thinking 2020 could still be an incredible year. We might not be a one-toed race and be able to wash down our house by now, but 2020 could be amazing. That was my prayer this week, that, that 2020 would be amazing and life-changing for myself and for each of you. That I was praying for this congregation that 2020 would be a year that we'd be able to look back and say, that's a year I grew even closer to God. That if you're already walking with God, that you'd be able to look back and somehow be able to say, in 2020, I dug even deeper. My relationship with Jesus grew even closer, that he became even more alive to me. That maybe if you haven't had a relationship with God, that at the, in the year 2020, you'd be able to say, that's when it all began. That's when it started. That was the turning point where my life changed. And my prayer has been this week that 2020 would be a life-changing year for each one of us. Now, for that to happen, we have to take our own, do a couple things that we're actually doing some action steps to make that happen. It's not going to happen by just walking out of here and and not thinking twice about it, but it's going to happen by us pursuing God, by us pursuing the way that he calls us to live. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. And to do so, I'm drawn to the song that my son was singing the past couple of weeks. It's a little kid song. It's a song that I sang when, when I was his age, and, and now he's four years old, and he's singing this song. And it's a song maybe you grew up with, or maybe you've taught your kids or grandkids, or, or maybe you never heard it before. But it's a pretty common song out there. It's a song with a whole bunch of verses. But it, the first verse says... Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. And as he was singing the song and he was singing all the verses, and it kind of flooded my head about the times that I used to sing this. And I used to sing it, and people used to sing it to me. Uh, often it's times when I was doing something wrong. This was like a reminder, hey, God's watching you. And so I heard this song a lot growing up um, when they would correct me and sing it to me. And it was just a fun, goofy little song as a kid. But now, as a dad, now as a Christian... Now, as a pastor, I see that song and think, wow, 
What a theologically significant song this is. What a song, uh, what a a message this song has for how we could live. What a message on how we could make 2020 that turning point where we're able to look back and say, because of the changes we've made, my walk with God is so much stronger. And so I wanted to look at this song and just kind of dive into it. And not just look at it from a kid's song point of view, but look at it through the scripture. And so this morning might hit home with some people in this room. This morning might hurt a little bit. But I want to encourage you that these are God's words. These are scripture. These are words of Paul. We're going to look at the words of Jesus. This is the message of God that's speaking to our hearts. So let us not take that lightly, but take that to form who we are. So 2020 would be an amazing year. So it begins the song that Henry was singing to me. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. And so as we look at that, that song, there's so many things that we take in daily, right? That what we see is kind of like the portal to what we know, what, we, what our mind dwells on, what we think about, what, what we bring into our lives. And, and this isn't a new concept. This isn't something crazy. This is something that Jesus talks about. In chapter 6 of the book of Matthew, Jesus says this very same thing. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Your eyes are the lamp to your body, the lamp to your soul. What are you bringing in? Light or darkness? Think about your your daily activity. Think about your past week. As we look at this, and if we're honest with ourselves, are we being careful with our little eyes, what we see? What are you bringing in as far as entertainment, movies, and TV? What are you bringing in that, that your eyes are bringing in? Is it light or darkness? What about what are you reading whether it be books or maybe the 24-hour news cycle or maybe social media or whatever it is, what are you reading? Is it bringing you light or darkness into your soul? Is it uplifting to God or is it bringing in darkness? Or how about the topic that oftentimes we don't want to talk about in church, but sexual morality, pornography. There's a lot of people that that hits home. There's surveys that say that about 50% uh, of men look regularly at pornography, and, and the surveys varied greatly from, I saw 50 to 90%. Uh, I saw that women look at, look at pornography very regularly, and I saw that people in the church, Christians, are not any different than the secular world. What are we bringing in? What are your eyes viewing? Is it glorifying to God or bringing in darkness? It said, as I was reading about this, it said that 44% of Christians don't know if this is wrong, don't know if they should stop. And I've even had people tell me that, that they said, oh, I I didn't know that I shouldn't be doing this. Well, I want to read to you just one verse. There's dozens that I could have looked at, but but in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 3 through 5, it says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality 
that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. Pornography is sexual immorality, and we need to avoid it. And I know this hits home with some people in this room, some people in last hour, but it's an area that we need to be careful what we see. Because our eyes are as a lamp to our soul. And so if this is something that you're struggling with, if this is a, an addiction, I want to encourage you to, to seek help, to come, come see me, come talk to a friend, see a counselor. But see that this is the year that this changes. That 2020 is a year that you're able to look back and be like, my walk with God expanded and exploded because I was careful with what my eyes could see. So the song continues. Like I said, there's many verses. One of the verses was, be careful little tongue what you say. And this, pro- this verse covers so much, right? It's such a, a cute little line for kids to sing and, and to see, hear Henry say the word tongue is cute and, and you're just brought into this. But this, this verse kind of covers a lot, right? Be careful little tongue what you say. Be careful little tongue what you gossip, what you slander. Be careful, little tongue, the, what you say, the foul language, your crude jokes, the abuse, the intimidation. A little tongue, what you say, might hit home with someone in this room. Is your tongue bringing glory to God? Is what you say bringing him glory? Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So what you're saying, building others up. Or maybe the, this verse, in, in Jesus is addressing the, the Pharisees, and the Pharisees are critical of his disciples and saying, why are they not following the rules that we've set aside, that they're getting defiled because they're not following this. And Jesus says this very thing. He says, Jesus called the crowds to him and said, listen and understand. What goes in someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. If you're doing an honest assessment of this past day, past week, has your words been defiling or has your words been building others up? Your words are in times of joy and times of anger. When you're angry that that person cuts you off, what are the words that come out of your mouth? When you're frustrated with a coworker and you're tempted to talk behind their back, what are the words coming out? Maybe in the midst of anger, whether you're out at work or maybe at home, the words you say to your spouse, the words you say to your kids, the words you say to your roommate or your friends, are those words, words that are defiling? Or words that are building others up. What are our words speaking? I see it all the time. I, I talked to someone a couple weeks ago that shared that their brother doesn't go to church anywhere because of the things that were said to them at church. That they were being they were criticized because they had a tattoo, and someone thought it was their duty to come and tell them how bad they were. And while I feel like that's theologically incorrect, that's not even the point. The point is, is, is our words building each other up? Or are our words, even as Christians, tearing each other down? 
We need to glorify God with our words, to be careful little tongue what you say. Another verse in the song is, be careful little mind what you think. And this one hits home for a lot of us. What is your mind thinking? And while it, it could look at many different thought things, it could look at lustful thoughts and revenge and, and anger and the things that we're focused on, and also for a lot of people, what is your mind thinking about yourself? Be careful, little mind, what you think. So often we think, I'm not good enough. I messed that up. No one will ever forgive me. I'm stupid. I'm a failure. What is your mind thinking? Because that is not glorifying to God. Paul addresses the church in Philippi about their, this very thing, about their thoughts and about what they're thinking. And he builds this, this book of Philippians, and chapter 4 is kind of the culmination, and it kind of sums up everything he's covered in, in the first three chapters. But in chapter 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Catch this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious. Let go of that worry and that fear that we have and, and those times where you're, where you're tied up in the anxiety and you're tied up in fear and you're tied up in worry. Present those requests to God. Basically saying, when the world grabs hold of your mind, turn your mind to the Lord and give it over to him. And the peace of God will guard your heart. This word for guard was an idea of a garrison, of a group of soldiers that would protect a city, and Philippi was a garrison city. And so as he writes this letter to the Philippians, they had a very, very vivid idea of what that looks like. And I want to just, for us to be able to capture that. That they hear this and they hear that it will guard your heart. Like that group of soldiers that guards their city, that every time they leave and they come back in the city gates, they pass these soldiers that are protecting them. This is what God will do to our heart as we give our thoughts and our worries and our anxiety over to him. He continues on, Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Kind of give us an outline of what to think on. That if we were to say that 2020 was a turning point in our life, maybe it's a turning point because we started focusing on the right thoughts. Not focusing on what the world's telling us, not focusing on the dangers out there, not focusing on what's the lies that Satan has told us, but focusing on what is, what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure and praiseworthy. To focus on what is true, Satan is the author of lies. And so often we hear those lies and they just roll through our heads. What if we captured those and we began to hear what God thought of us? What if we took control of that and let him guard our heart? What if we began to think about what is noble and right and pure? That, that when Paul's talking about this and he talks about moral purity, what if those were our thoughts? That instead of letting uh, uh, unpure thoughts come into our mind through what we see and what we hear, 
what if we began to get rid of those by changing those habits and our thoughts began to become pure and focused on God? Whatever is admirable, things that speak well of the, of the thinker, are your thoughts positive about who you are and who God created you? We miss that so much. We have such negative self-talk that we miss what God would see. That God would see that you are so precious that he sent his son to die for you. That you are so important and so worthy that he would fill you with his Holy Spirit. We miss that we are a child of God instead of we hear the lies of Satan. What if we got rid of those lies and we praised it with the truth? As I was reading, uh, someone wrote that this is maybe the briefest biography of Christ. And I thought, what a neat way to look at that verse. Because Christ, it, Christ is uh, true. He was the way, the truth, and life. Christ is honest. He's just. He's pure. He's holy. He's lovely. He's pra praiseworthy. What if our minds were captured in thinking about God, thinking about Jesus Christ, thinking about the characteristics of who he is instead of what the world is putting on us? What if that's where we begin to think? And so as you go through this song, there's verse after verse, and it looks at little eyes, what you see, little ears, what you hear, little tongue, what you say, little mind, what you think. It talks about little feet, where you go, little hands, what you do. And each verse was so powerful, and so each verse was so poignant. But the part that hit me the most was the part in the middle of each of those verses. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. So often, maybe you grew up in a church that said you have to behave a certain way and you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to look a certain way and you have to be a certain place on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and this and that. And you had these set of rules and you had to follow these rules because of fear. Because of fear that hell was destined for you. Because of fear that, G that God is looking down just waiting for you to mess up. Wait, like a police officer waiting to pull you over and give you a ticket. Say, ha, I finally caught you. But I love that part of this song because the Father up above is looking down in love. He loves us. He's not looking to punish us. He's not looking to catch us. He's looking in love. So these, these steps, watching what our eyes see and what our ears hear, would be our response to his love, because his love is great. I want to read you guys a couple of verses, but, but if you will, if you'll indulge me, just close your eyes. Close your eyes and just block out everything around you, the person sitting next to you, the person in front of you, the person behind you, and hear these words about how much God loves you. Colossians 3 says, you are my people. You are the people of God. He loved you and chose you for his own. Psalms 36, 7 says, How exquisite your love, O God! How eager we are to run under your wings. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Psalm 109 says, But you, sovereign Lord, 
help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. And finally, Romans 8 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor heights nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the Father up above is looking down in love. And so this idea of 2020 being a, a changing moment, a changing time, that we can look back and say everything was different because I devoted my life to him, because I dug even deeper into his word, because those little habits, those little things that I was holding back with my eyes, with my ears, with my tongue, with my mind, with my feet, with my hands, I gave that over to God out of love. Not out of fear of avoiding a punishment, but because I love him. As 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. So this morning, I encourage you. I challenge you. I, I pray for you and for me. That 2020 will be a year that we love God. A year that we dive even further in love with him and that we do these things and we live a holy life because he is holy that we want to be like him and we want to love like him because he loved us enough to send his son to die for us that he loved us enough to fill us with his holy spirit that he loved us enough that he's there for us and cares for us and listens to our prayers that he loves us enough that he would take our thoughts and replace them with his own thoughts about him that we would then love him he loves us so this morning may I pray for you that we could love him as he loves us God I pray that this year we can come to you in love that we would come to you and just grow closer to you that we'd be able to look back and say I didn't know how much closer I could get to God but I did or maybe, God, there's people that are not close to you right now that they would say this was the turning point, the life-changing point, the eternity-changing point where I began to love you because you first loved me. God, I thank you that you are above, looking down in love. And God, I pray that we can love you with our lives, with our actions, with our minds, with everything about us. That we'd be able to love you because you first loved us. In your name.